welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 of my written reviews. You can read there anytime. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. While you're there, I do encourage you to check out my other podcast. There's a link in that site for Around the World in 80s Movies, where I cover films of the 1980s, naturally. And you can check that out at my website, Quipster.net. Today I'm going to be looking at the latest in the Fast and Furious franchise, only this one is considered more of a spin-off. I mean, we've had kind of a spin-off before in the third Fast and Furious film called Tokyo Drift, although that kind of got somewhat incorporated into the mix in the later films in the series, or is that earlier? I guess, you know, Tokyo Drift is kind of a sequel and a prequel, since the movies are a little bit out of order. Hobbs and Shaw is the film I'm talking about. It stars Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham, who are continuing roles that we've seen in the more recent Fast and Furious films. It's a PG-13 rated film. It does have prolonged sequences of action and violence, some suggestive material, and strong language. The runtime is 2 hours and 15 minutes. Idris Elba, Vanessa Kirby, Eddie Marsan, Eliana Sua, Cliff Curtis, Isa Gonzalez, and Lori Pelanese Tuisano fill out some of the supporting roles. There are a couple of notable and somewhat lengthy cameos in this film that are not credited, so I will not give them here. David Leach is the director, and the screenplay credited to Chris Morgan and Drew Pierce. Now, as I mentioned, this is a spinoff to the Fast and Furious franchise. It puts together two of the more popular characters in the later entries in the Fast and Furious series, and it mostly plays for laughs off of their competitive banter and building floor destroying scuffles. If you've seen their previous efforts, you know what I'm talking about. Now, this effort attempts to greatly expand their presence by giving these two characters their own backstory as well as a big mission for them to collaborate on, albeit extremely reluctantly, because even though they kind of came to terms in the Fast and Furious franchise, we're kind of resetting that again for them actually hating each other, at least they claim to, even though their banter might suggest that they have a little bit of healthy competition among them. Although the series had been dabbling with following a certain superhero super team formula all along, and it just increases with each entry, Hobson Shaw, I think, is the first of the series to actually break out of the action thriller genre to openly embrace science fiction genre elements into its plot, and that might make or break the level of disbelief in some viewers who prefer their ludicrous action films to at least adhere to the semblance of some sort of rules. Now, some will see this as jumping the shark, but there are many who are willing to take whatever comes and wherever things are going to go. So for those people, it's likely going to be seen as a humorous, over-the-top extravaganza that should deliver the goods for those who like the series and these actors without any kind of pretense that they're trying to make a good movie. Now, Hobbs and Shaw starts with someone that we don't know, Hattie, played by Vanessa Kirby. She's an MI6 agent who's out on a mission to keep a deadly virus named Snowflake. This virus can liquefy the internal organs of humans who contract it, we've been told. And she's trying to keep it from getting into the hands of a faction of mercenaries under the employ of an evil tech-based organization called Etion. This faction of mercenaries is led by Brixton Lore, played by Idris Elba. He's a high-tech assassin with technology-augmented senses, kind of like a bionic man that makes him a Swiss army knife of deadly skills, something seen by his company as the future of humanity, a humanity that they feel will soon die off if they don't make these changes. 
In a desperation move, Hattie ends up injecting the virus into her own body, and that gives her only three days to get it back out before it actually does what it's supposed to do. And it instantly makes her the most sought-after fugitive in the world by both bad guys and good guys alike. Now, hired to find Hattie before Brixton Lore finds her first is the titular bickering team of Los Angeles-based single father and retired DSS agent Luke Hobbs, played by Dwayne Johnson, and the ex-special ops mercenary called Deckard Shaw, played by Jason Statham. Deckard Shaw is pretty early in the film revealed to be the estranged older sibling of Hattie, Hattie Shaw. But to save Hattie, they also need to secure the services of a genius scientist, played by Eddie Marsan, who is perhaps the only one with the technology necessary to extract the virus back out of Hattie, and that makes him a target of Etion's forces as well. Now, as I mentioned, Hobbs and Shaw is directed by David Leach. That name sounds familiar to you. It's because he's most known, at least recently, for taking over the reins of the Deadpool franchise with Deadpool 2. But he also co-directed the original John Wick, and he received some positive notes from action fans for helming Atomic Blonde. Now, like Deadpool 2, Hobbs and Shaw is directed and edited with a lot of music video style appeal and plenty of insult-laden humor, but in such a way that feels a little bit more forced than natural a good deal of the time. It has a lot of emphasis on CG action, more so than the practical stunt work that Leach had primarily been known for for some of his earlier cinematic efforts. The laughs are there, I think, for those who are game, and yet some of that dialogue probably reads a lot wittier on the page than it does coming out of the mouths of the characters. The actors do the best they can to spout off these one-liners, but they come off with the rat-a-tat style of a TV sitcom a lot of the time, and it doesn't feel quite natural within the course of conversations. The Leech and his screenwriters, Chris Morgan, who co-wrote every Fast and Furious film since Tokyo Drift, and Drew Pierce, who was the co-writer of Iron Man 3 and did a little bit of work with the Mission Impossible franchise, a franchise that this seems to want to be a little bit more like in the way that it plays out here. They all know enough to keep the action and the plot constantly changing to try to avoid prolonged lulls by having to actually explore this pretty DOA plot. The action ends up trotting around the globe, to places like London and Russia and Samoa, I think the most inspired of the choices there. The tie-ins to the main franchise are relegated to one very big and very zany action sequence that involves cars who are tethered to a helicopter, and there's this climax that reasserts the theme of nearly every Fast and Furious movie in the franchise. It's all about family. And still, given how the characters have changed without a lot of explanation, especially including the fact that Shaw has actually been a big and bad nemesis to the Fast and Furious so-called antiheroes. Now he's a somewhat decent guy. I think that's one of those cases where if you've come this far, you've given up any and all pretenses that the makers of these films actually care about their storylines. They are making a product that is out to entertain the masses. So if you take it on that scale, I think you're going to be a little bit more welcome to receive what it has to provide. Now, character touches include Hobbes' loving relationship with his precocious daughter, and Shaw's protective older brother routine, which is especially called into play when he thinks that Hobbs might be making a romantic play for his sister. And there's lots and lots of dissing each other among the two leads, and they end up dissing other agents, pretty much anybody, that seeks to encroach upon their own authority. And that shows that while there may be honor among thieves, so to speak, there's really no such expectation among the world's law enforcement agents of the world. Idris Elba, I think he only really offers his badass screen presence to try to counterbalance 
these two dynamic main actors, his role is neither interesting nor developed as anything more than this Terminator type. He refers to himself as Black Superman, and that gives the boys something to feel good about potentially taking down. He's superhuman, so it gives them that much more of a thrill when they're actually going head-to-head against him. Now, in this regard, the film also seems to be setting up Etion as this potentially evil organization for future entries in this spin-off franchise, maybe even tying into the main franchise, I don't know. The entity that runs Etion seems to be some sort of artificial intelligence that, to me, uncannily resembled Master Computer from 1982's Tron. If you've seen Tron, it's really the same vibe as we get here. Hobbs and Shaw, I think, in the end, it's cartoonish, it's noisy, it's utterly preposterous, but in a way that I think series fans who have stuck with it this far, and that's millions and millions and millions and hundreds of millions of people, they already expect that going into it. So if all you're looking for is explosive action and a good-looking cast and a few decent chuckles, it's probably going to fit the bill. Anyone looking for more than that is likely going to leave the theater quite fast and more than a bit furious. So take that for what it's worth. It definitely is a goods-delivering film for those people who like the formula antics. If you are fatigued by the formula and are looking for something to break out of that mold, despite the fact that this goes even more over the top into science fiction, I think that you're going to come away a little bit more empty-handed by this empty-headed film. So I'm going to give three stars to Hobbs and Shaw. Three stars on my scale means I do think that it will deliver for those people who like this kind of movie. If you're a Fast and Furious franchise fan, certainly that probably means you. If you've never cared for any of the Fast and Furious films, especially the ones that came out since Fast Five, I think that this will be more of the same, maybe even more headache-inducing if that's your reaction to a lot of this. So three stars out of four is what I'm giving Hobbs and Shaw. I also want to let you know, if you do stick around to this film, that there are no less than four mid-credits scenes that you want to stick around for. And there's an additional one after the credits, too. So I think you might want to stay in your seat if you haven't felt the need to leave already by that time. Certainly, if you plan on sticking with this franchise, it's probably going to be worth sticking around to see. So anyway, thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review. If you have your own thoughts on Hobbs and Shaw and you want to impart them to me, you can find my contact information at my website. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. And until next time, thanks, everyone. And please enjoy your time anytime you get to go to the movies. (laughs) 